I'm Mary Angela Abeo, and this is Virtual Pride on the Face to Faces podcast. While pride is amazing with all the glitter, libations, and celebrations, the real pride is striving to live our truths and fighting for equality, education, and inclusion whenever and wherever we go, starting right here in our personal spaces with how we celebrate ourselves and take care of our community. I'm hoping that this month we give you content to help remind you that though this year's pride may be quiet in your neighborhood bars, clubs, and sidewalks, there is an incredible community of humans ready to celebrate you. And no matter who you talk to, there will always be someone who can connect to your journey. Though we're physically separate this year, no one can take the connection that our pride gives us to each other. Now, let's lean in and celebrate. All right, my guests today are here to kick off a very special week within Virtual Pride Month is Transgender Pride Week. They are the director and two stars of the documentary Man Made, winner of the Best Documentary at the Atlanta Film Festival, Outshine, Q Films, Long Beach, Louisiana Film Fest, and Translations here in Seattle. This is a film that follows the lives of four transgender men at different stages of their lives and transitions as they prepare to step on stage at the only all-trans bodybuilding competition in the world. Filmmaker-director T. Cooper is the author of eight novels and a nonfiction book, as well as a journalist and a television writer, and currently serving as a writer and consulting producer on the NBC series, The Blacklist. He's also a professor of English and creative writing at Emory University in Atlanta. Wow, way to be an overachiever. And Dom and Mason are two lives that particularly touched me in the film as their bravery to share their vulnerability and struggles literally had me cheering with full-on ugly sobs and snot coming down my face for their wins in the end. Welcome to all three of you. Thank you so much for being here to help me kick off specifically Trans Pride Week. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, first of all, let's talk about how everybody's doing, you know, we're in this really weird space right now where the world has changed. Everything's weird. Tell me from T to Dom to Mason, how each of you are doing today in this moment right now. Oh, um, that's a good thing to ask because that is my strategy uh, throughout this whole thing is the moment and staying in the moment and trying to be in touch with the moment. So yeah, I mean, right now I'm grateful to be here with you guys talking about this film, which like even just hearing you talk about you're tearing up about the moments that you see these guys go through in the film makes me tear up because it just reconnects me to, you know, how, how, how grateful I am and was to get to share their lives and show their lives um, as trans people, but just also as just human people um, to the world. So yeah, I'm just really grateful that you're talking about the film and you're, you're, you know, giving us some time. Um, Cause like once these films go out into the real world, I'm again, that's another thing I'm feeling super grateful about in this moment is just that it's available um, to be seen now for, for people who might stumble upon it or people who hear about it um, and want to go find it. So yeah, just feeling grateful. How about you, Dom? Uh, I feel good. I've been very active during quarantine. Um, I restarted my workout routine. I started a clothing line. 
Um, I've been writing music again and all the good things. I've been staying out of trouble because I know T will ask me later. Um, That's right. And yeah, it's been really good. Um, and I've gotten a lot of family members and friends that normally have busy lives that were able to finally watch the documentary and like understand our lives and like ask questions. So like quarantine has been super dope for me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. What about you, Mason? Um, I've been doing well, actually, all things considered. I think it's really forced me to um, really stay connected to people. I've been writing cards and to people and, um, you know, FaceTime. Uh, I have a home gym. I've been able to work out, so I haven't missed that. I've been spending time with my daughter, who's six months old, so that's, like, you know, be, been really amazing and mind-blowing. Um, I mean, it's it's tough because you balance that with all of these other um, things going on that can be, you know, emotionally and spiritually suffocating, I think. Um, but I think it's just a balance, a balancing act all the time. So um, I think balancing that with everything else going on in my life, trying to um, wade through everything and stay grounded, I think, um, has been actually a successful venture during this time. So That's a great answer. I agree. I love that you all seem to be doing good. First of all, that's helpful. Um, I know that this, I've been asking this to kind of everybody across the spectrum, that there are some really shitty things about this quarantine. And then there's some really great things that are coming out of it. Have you all noticed anything specific on either end of the spectrum? I think right now, what I'm trying to do is humanize this and make sure that people, whether you're in under the trans umbrella, whether you're queer, whether you're straight, whether you're an ally, who Whoever you are, you feel and you understand that we're all kind of processing things like this. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think that in the face of um, un, almost unimaginable and unbearable cruelty and um, just on the daily, on the minute, if, if you are someone who checks in with social media, um, which I've been actually really trying to pull back from during this period, which has been really nice. Um, but in the face of all that, um, you know, so many folks dying who probably didn't need to die. Um, and, and it's just, it's just like, uh, it's just this hor- historical moment for me that I spent, I do try to spend a lot of time thinking about reading about talking about with, with folks who are of different generations. Um, some of these periods that, that we've gone through historically. And I find that that's helpful for me. Um, and then like Mason mentioned too, like just for me having teenage kids who otherwise would never be home, um, during this time, like, I can't help but uh, be a little grateful for having all this time with them that I like, I, I don't, you know, I see them in little bursts. And then you see them like, four months later, you know, you have a kid of a similar age, and you're like, holy right. shit, you changed so much. But it's like, all that stuff's going on under the roof now, which is, you know, family dinners, not with TV or anything like I'm really I don't know, I, fi- I find myself grateful for that as hard as it is. I'm not saying it's all easy it's hard because they're also going through this and they have a certain level of awareness that a six month year old or an eight year old or even a 10 year old, 12 year old doesn't have. So there's, there's obviously good and bad for that going with that. But I do feel um, that that is a fringe benefit of this is that we do get to kind of hunker down and, and be a family and, and go through all the good, the bad, the ugly with each other. I love that. What about you two? Anything that you're finding horrible and shitty or lovely? 
Um, I mean, what I'm finding to be lovely um, is kind of similar to what they were saying. Like, I'm talking on the phone to people now. I never do that. I text. Like, I don't talk to people on the phone. Right. Like, I hate it. Like, I avoid it at all costs. I will reject your phone call and then text you and say, what's up? Like, I don't want to talk on the phone. I FaceTime people now. Like, like Mason said, I'm like writing letters. Like I'm connecting with people because I'm not able to go out to the bars and see these people. And I'm not able to be a drag king performer and go out and entertain these people. So now I have to like act cool and FaceTime and get Zoom and things like that. <laughs> but like the downside, and it's, I mean, it's not really a downside, but it is for my bank account. Like all these places to shop online right now. And like, I have nothing but time. So I have a lot of stuff and I have nowhere to put it. But I mean, I'm staying optimistic. I work in the healthcare field. So like I stay as safe as I can, minus obviously having to go and take care of my clients. Um, but yeah, I'm bored. That's about it. I love that shopping is your crux. That's amazing, by the way. <laughs> what about you, Mason? Um, I think I'm just balancing things out with kind of like what I was saying before. I, I see really all of this awful, these awful, terrible things going on. Um, but then at the same time, I see also there are people that don't care at all just about themselves. And there are people that care greatly about other people. And you can see that dynamic playing out. And so it's horrifying to witness but then the other side to it is really a beautiful thing how people are coming together um and like dom was saying like i'm talking to people on the phone more you know writing letters writing cards um facetiming so there's like both of those things going on so um in the end it's really been i think like a beautiful coming together of people um for the most part um under unfortunate circumstances but that's what i've been seeing which has been nice yeah, I love the FaceTime comment. I I hated FaceTime. I literally yeah. hated it. And now, like, I FaceTimed one of my dear friends, and she picked up, and she goes, what the fuck? What? I don't even... Are you sick? Are you... Is there an emergency? Why are you face... You hate FaceTime. And I was like, it's a surprise. I don't even text people and give them a heads up anymore. I just FaceTime them. I don't care. Yeah. It's like meeting somebody at a bar now. It's just different. You're just like, hey, I'm going to see you right now. I'm having a drink. You know what I mean? So... Well, um, I want to know an update on Dom and Mason's lives. You know, I feel like I, uh, I knew you before you knew me. Watching the documentary, I felt close to you. Dom, I cried with you when you, you saw your, your surgery for the first time, the aftermath of your surgery and your chest and your, your true self. I was sobbing. And then I sobbed along with T, with T's reaction. And then Mason, like, I felt Mason's anxiety during, during the uh, competition that was not the trans competition when they were afraid that they were being gendered or they weren't. And, you know, and I know that that's an anxiety that a lot of people that um, aren't forward facing in a certain way have a lot of trans humans in general have. And I felt that anxiety with you. And so I would love updates on what both of you are doing now and how you're doing in that whole arena. I was going to see if Mason is going <laughs> to You first. You I first. can't see him. And you made me tear up. So I was trying to like get uh. Wait. Um, no. Um, 
Life is good. Um, I'm still working out, not so necessarily bodybuild anymore, but like to stay healthy. Um, I'm about to be 30, so that's a thing. Wow. Um, that is a thing. Yeah. I'm getting <laughs> old now. Um, like I said, I started uh, a little t-shirt company. Um, still working in the medical field. In the documentary, you saw me doing like planting and things like that. And then like dry cleaning. I don't do those side jobs anymore. I do what I was went to school for. Finally, I do medical jobs. Um, and yeah, I'm still just the same goofy guy. Minus the winter weight I talked about in the uh, documentary. I actually finally did lose it. It's been like four or five years, but I lost it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing really good. Um, life has been great since the documentary. Um, a lot of really cool people have reached out to me that I don't think ever would have if they wouldn't have gotten to see the documentary through like the film festival circuit and things like that and through Amazon and other networks like that but yeah i've made a lot of really cool friends and made some really cool connections so life i have is- a question what's your can question I ask, can i be the host just for one second um, yeah yeah you're i already <laughs> called you my um co-host for the okay. week in my intro so don't worry about it <laughs> okay awesome so dom folks want to know we'd like to hear the uh updated relationship status since at the end of the film well i won't spoil it but we have an update on your relationship at the end of the film, but what's the update on your relationship status right now? <laughs> so <laughs> I am not with the person that I was with in the film. Cause okay. I literally get asked that every time we do a Q and a, it's the first really? thing. Really? I won't lie. I was wondering, I was like, no, should I ask? Should I not be that person? I asked. <laughs> no, um, I am not with Thea. Um, we don't really communicate. That's fine. Um, I am in a relationship with a girl named Kelly and she's really awesome. And yeah, that's about it. That's amazing. Thanks for doing that for me, T. That's pretty <laughs> <laughs> Inquiring minds. Truth, truth, truth. It and what about you, Mason? All the time. <laughs> um, right now we have a six month old. My wife, Ann and I have a six month old at home. So that takes up a lot of our time, um, which is like, uh, exhilarating and and exhausting at the same time. Uh, I'm also going to be competing. I was supposed to compete in July. It was postponed to October and that's, um, NPC masters for my pro card, hopefully. Um, and so those two things are taking up a lot of time. So new, new, new parent life. That's a huge thing, especially the first year you just pretty much don't get any sleep. Are you sleeping at all at this point? Um, yeah, she's, she's pretty good for her age. She's, she sleeps pretty well. Um, she'll sleep for, you know, like five hours, six hours, and then get up, feed, and then sleep for another five hours or so. You are, you're so, freaking blessed. Yeah. For oh, sure. we're so lucky. I mean, yeah, she that's has not normal. <laughs> where she's, where she's up throughout the night, but it's, it's not, it's not often. So we are so lucky. We're very, very lucky. 
She's well, your your you and your wife's story in in the movie just really really inspired me and touched me, and I think that uh, both of your relationships and how you navigated them, and even knowing T and, and knowing your family, you've got you know T is first of all the fact that I that T is my age shocked me. We're the same age, and I was like, how are you just not aging? That's just the weirdest thing. <laughs> um, and so just to know that we have have kids the same age and watching you know, uh, inclusivity and families that are not necessarily trans families, but just families and not having to put that word on it and having it normalized and having um, other people be able to see this and feel like they are seen and they have a good example. I think both of your stories and both of your families were very uh, great examples for people. So I think that um, you all should be very proud in how you lived your lives, but also how you were portrayed. Cause you know, sometimes editing is weird, but um, you know, there's not a lot of documentaries around that are forward facing around the transgender transition and lives. A lot of them focus on the actual transition. And I think T you did a really good job of not making it about that, but making it about their lives. And I wonder what your thought process was during this, because I think right now I know personally, I'm trying to get people away from using that clarification with people and just taking it away in general. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of those, like, you know, age old, um, social justice kind of things that we always struggle with, you know, as far as wanting to recognize difference, but also wanting to not have the difference be the reason for caring, so to speak. And so, um, I think, especially now, if we start, start talking about trans and queer lives, um, you know, well, let's just even get more specific and just talk about trans lives. The truth is, is that mainstream non-trans audiences only, quote, care about trans lives when trans people are either suffering or they're, the substance of their lives is solely transition focused or just problems from being trans focused. So it's like, on the one hand, you do have to recognize that um, in order to, to grow em- empathy um, you do need to focus on some of that difference, <laughs> um, and some of the, 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 the suffering that can, can occur, um, because of difference, but not necessarily because of difference. Like we all as humans suffer, like that is kind of, you know, that's why religion was invented because we, you know, we need to answer the questions of why some people suffer and why I don't, why other people don't. So it's like, I get that as an in, but yeah, as, as a creator or a storyteller, around trans um, lives, you just have to be, and obviously I'm talking about myself, like I try to be as mindful of, as possible about where like the center of that focus is, even if it's a way in, for instance, and in man-made, like, yeah, Dom had surgery. That's how we open. But that's because that's what was happening in his life at the time. And also he appeared in the first bodybuilding festival pre-surgery. He appeared in the next one that, that you know, this film is a journey of him toward that stepping on stage post-surgery. So that's part of his story. But there are a million other parts of his story, like you mentioned, his family, um, biological family, his um, non-biological family, his relationship status, um, his career as as a musician. You know what I mean? There's just so many um, other parts of his life that, yes, that external kind of transition um, was the way in. 
and I think can hook a certain type of folk. Um, but then I think once you're in, you stay for the rest of the story and that, that you realize that the pieces of Dom's life, I, it's weird talking about him, he's sitting right there, but the pieces of Dom's life um, that fall into place are not because of the trans related things. You know, he, he, he becomes who he is. He becomes the man that he is in a million other ways. And that is just one tiny piece of it. And so I think that, yeah, as, as someone who tells stories about trans lives, you just really have to um, be mindful of that balance and also not um, try to look at it through any lens, but my own, because to my, to my lens, it's nothing is weird about anything that I experienced. Um, the weird shit is the like cis stuff, like me and Mason at that bodybuilding competition when those straight dudes are like literally naked with socks on their cocks getting tanned. Like that's the weird shit, you know? <laughs> but yet, you know, in the real world, that's normal and Mason's the weirdo. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, so I really was just trying to be very mindful of turning that stuff on its head and also not, I don't, I didn't want to focus the same story you know some people s struggle with the same things in the trans community um some of these guys struggle with the same stuff but but the way you introduce it and the way you weave in those narratives you just have to be very conscious about the whys and the whens and i hope at least you know i feel like it was successfully done as and organically done as far as when the struggles are there and when the triumphs are there and also you know that then reflecting the universality of of, of human life you know, of change and growth, no matter who you are, or what you are. Yeah, I think you did a really good job of, of, like you said, the hook and then but also then leaving that and letting people's lives just carry out. Because I found myself really, you know, of course, I'm invested in the transition. And of course, that's emotional, because anybody who's under that umbrella knows that that's a part of a struggle. But I found myself like when you when when Dom met his mom, his real mom, and and she expressed her pride and her excitement and her acceptance of their transition. That to me, as somebody that's a parent was so special and I sobbed, but then also watching Mason at, at this, at that, that competition that you talked about and watching and putting my finger on the toxic masculinity issues that opened a whole new side for me. And I was like, fuck, like this could be a whole other movie, just that toxic masculinity and the way they stared at each other and the weird like socks on their dicks and all of that. I was just like, what is happening in this field? Like, this is the scariest. That, it turned into a horror movie for like 10 minutes. For me. And I was like, this is frightening. But Mason, you handled it with so much diplomacy and, humility and really I was scared for you a little bit I was like what are you doing this is get out of there like but you handled it so lovely thank you I appreciate that <laughs> how do you both feel your lives were betrayed do you feel I mean not betrayed sorry portrayed uh, See, you betrayed them no do you feel like you your life was given a good picture kind of overall in this movie not to put you on the spot in front of your director but I'm just that's what I do <laughs> um yes actually um and i've expressed this to t so it's like nothing new um i've thanked him several times for putting me on film for kind of with or without intention taking me out of my own comfort zone and 
being in this film has given me so much more confidence to like talk to people, to be an inspiration to people, to do things that I wouldn't normally do. It's just great. It's, it was great. It was an amazing experience. Like it was weird too, because like it'd be like random guys walking around with big ass cameras, like in my neighborhood, (laughs) like the part where I'm running in the beginning, like, that's just on a normal street on my street. Like people are just driving past like, Oh, he's famous. And I'm like, I'm about to be, what's up? But, no, it, it, it did get awkward at times. And like recovering from surgery, like when I'm laying on the couch and like the cameras in my face, like I really just wanted to punch people. Like there were times where like, I was like, this is too much. I want to stop, but I'm so glad I didn't. Like, I'm so glad that T was like, that uncle that I call him now, that voice of reason that was like, Dom, I see that you're getting upset. Let's talk about it. And Mm. then we'll get back to filming. Like, Oh, give Dom five minutes. And then like, let him go smoke his weed. Cause everybody knows now that Dom (laughs) smokes weed. (laughs) So T made sure that he gave all of us, me, Mason, Reese, Kenny, all of us, the space Mm. that we needed to feel comfortable. And on top of that, having a trans director period, was one of the main reasons why I signed on to be a part of this film. Period. If I think if T wasn't trans, this wouldn't even be a conversation right now. Because I wouldn't have trusted anybody to be that close in my life or in my surgery or meeting my birth mom than I would with someone that understands where I came from. Mm, I love that. What about you, Mason? Yeah. How do you feel you were portrayed? Um, I think that T did an amazing job. And I think that for me he allowed me to really speak the truth of my life, whether that be from my past, currently at that time, what my goals were for the future. Um, And I think that him, you know, also identifying himself as trans, it did lend a certain level of authenticity that I don't think could have been achieved otherwise because um, he knew where we were coming from. He knew the struggle. Um, He could identify with us. And I think he just did it in such an authentic, beautiful way um, that it just unfolded. And I think that it helped people really hook into the story and identify with us, whether someone else was, you know, trans or not. I think it just really helped people... um, just relate to us and identify with us. And I, like I said, it was just, he really portrayed it like the truth of my life. I really do think he did an amazing job with it. I love that. This is love on tea day. (laughs) I was only like maybe close to a year on tea when this started filming and I was pre-op. So it's super dope that there's something out there that I can look back on in a few years and be like, who the fuck is that? You know, like, (laughs) Oh, like I watch it now and I'm like, gross, gross. Like when he's helping me put my binder on, I'm like, I don't miss that. So it's, it's going to be something like that. I'll be able to share with family members and like, hopefully my kids one day and like ignorant people or whoever else for years to come. And that's, that's really dope for me. Like I enjoy that. It's like a time capsule of my transition. Yeah. I was just going to add too. I mean, it's so great to hear that. Um, and we, you know, the three of us and actually, and mostly the three of us, honestly did most of the film festival appearances. Some of the other guys definitely joined some at different times, but, um, 
it, it was really cool because we were on the circuit for like a year and it was just kind of cool to see even as all three of our lives progressed in those years since filming um and also just hearing it was so it just i just felt very lucky to like stand on stage with dom and stand on stage with mason sometimes the two of them at the same time like hbo flew us out and did a screening there that was super cool um to just see their lives and that piece of work get the attention that um i don't know just that that, that doesn't we don't we aren't often as trans creators trusted to tell our own stories and again i mentioned other social justice kind of themed work and like that's always been the case like the black stories um were only told by white people for a very long time and female stories and you know whatever queer stories it was just like it's just it's just been a long transition of who gets the resources who decides who gets the resources etc to tell those stories and so you know this film like it just i was i guess what i'm trying to say is i i was telling my own story and I was treating it like I was telling my own story. And so I took care of it the way that I would tell my own story. Mm -hmm. And and I think that when you see films made by cis folk about trans people, you know, not only is the negativity and the transition, the focal point, but there's just like a real big distance between literally what you are seeing as the maker and the, and what you are looking at, you know, with me, it's like right here, like I was right up on it. And it's funny because Dom, um, Dom, I don't know, maybe because he's Mr. Mr. Fancy Special, but he was the only <laughs> one who um, really benefited from when we had a budget to use other crew. So there are a couple of big things that we filmed with him were actually, I, it was a, it was like heaven for me because the most of the film, I, I had a camera on my back and I was trying to direct and produce and do everything, you know, myself, audio, camera. But with Dom, it was really cool that I could actually direct and I had a film guy, a camera guy and an audio guy on a couple occasions. And so um, even in those instances, it was still about, and how I used that in editing was still about my my vision and my eyes and how I was seeing that. And, and those guys are like operators. Um, and yeah, I just, I just think that like, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I, it's so crazy because the stories that you get when they are told by the folks about whom the story is, are just so much better, like just straight up. And yet the shows that get, you know, all the money and all the resources and all the biggest festival support, you know, it's like, it's always gotta be this other authority on these weird lives over here. I'm gonna shine a light on these weird fuckers over here in this corner. Look at that weird shit, you know? And you're like, and like I said, to me, I'm on the inside of that. I'm shining light on myself. So it's not weird to me. And I think that that comes off. And I'm not even just talking about man-made. I'm talking about anyone making stories about themselves. It doesn't come off like, look at this weird shit over here because it's your life, even if it isn't your life. Right. And I think right now, even in media and marketing and, and the news, when a transgender story is at the forefront, they always want to show there has a, the transgender person in question has to have a struggle that's a struggle enough to be covered. And so it's, there's always a look at this horrible, all the things that's why you're being covered. And that while yes, we want to respect everyone's journey and everyone's especially pain and, and struggles. It's not, it's not, that's not what it's about. And so I think that that kind of sizzle fucking feed that, that our media just wants is so harmful because it leads every person that, finds themselves and that is transgender or discovering their, their true gender that, or lack of gender that 
they have to go through that struggle in order to be seen. And that is just so harmful. And I think what you've done here is shown that that's not necessary and that you can just have a life and, and whatever that struggle is, all of our struggles are different. I mean, I I'm happy to say that, well, also I was just telling somebody else this in a different interview that my gender journey is just beginning and I'm 45 and I've just come out as bi-gender and because it, my, my masculine side was suppressed my whole life as a Catholic Roman Catholic girl. And um, now as somebody who identifies as both it's this movie helped me so much. Um, I am Samantha helped me so much. All of these things have helped me over the last six months in my journey to finally say, I mean, I've had this journey for years where I'm like questioning and what is this? And how do I, I used to call myself a girl boy all the time because I was girl facing, but I was not underneath. And um, this movie helped me so much. So I think you're helping normalize it for people that are still gr struggling or not even struggling. I wouldn't call myself struggling. I'm, I am white. I am, I have a, a privilege that I am very, very aware of and I'm femme facing. So that's very, very, I understand that that is privilege as well. And so, um, but your movie helps everyone feel seen no matter who they are. And I think that's what's the most important. So overall, thank you all for being so vulnerable to show all of this because even T as the director, you were vulnerable as well. And I think that that's, that shows. I appreciate that a lot. And I, and I, and I think as someone who's putting stories together too, you know, we also have to be mindful about when things that are painful are introduced um, for the very reasons you just shared. And, and, and honestly, you know, I can share that almost all the guys in the film, and I filmed a lot of other guys besides the one that ended up as the main subject, almost everybody shared moments of self-harm or suicide attempts in the past. And like, you know, the way and, and the manner in which, or the timing of which, for instance, Mason's, you know, like, I hate to use word brave, but it, I just found it so brave that he shared his experience. Um, and, and the placement of it at the end of the film, um, before this giant moment on stage, like, I was just very mindful about not wanting to, like, hit that on the head every time and, like, oh, here's this guy that did this, and here's this guy that struggled with this, and this, you know what I mean? So we just have to be, like, that's why I wanted to film them for so long and and so many people to get so many versions of lives so that you know as a viewer especially a non-trans or a non-queer viewer you're you know you 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 are allowed to sit back and and have moments of joy you don't have to feel like pity you know and you're not like oh another sad story oh i have to donate oh i feel bad for them you know what i mean so it's like it, it's a it's a balance but it's not, it's a it's a responsibility we have to to, to really be mindful of that 360 degree view because of people like you. And like you're saying, it doesn't matter where you are on your journey or whether it's a struggle or not, but just for anyone um, who, who is wondering about how to become the best version of themselves. That's all it is. This just happens to be a pretty explicit one, you know, re revolving around gender. I love that. Um, before I get to my lightning round questions, which are said to every asked to everyone, um, I wanted to end this part, this portion with, you know, I, I faces of fortitude is my main project. And I take photos of people that are touched by suicide in any way. And I would say over half of my applicants are transgender, but only 10% of them get in front of my camera because of fear, because they're scared to talk to their families, because they're not ready to tell the world 
what they've gone through or how they've harmed themselves or who they've lost in their lives because of suicide or mental illness. What being that you all are forward facing in the way with your stories and your vulnerability, what piece of advice or what would you say to someone that is scared to share their story or that is scared to talk to people or scared to be um, outward facing with, with their truth or their lives? I'll start with, with Mason and then go Dom and, and T. I think that people um, are cheated in a way to make them feel shameful of who they are because of where they came from, when really we should be embracing uh, and be proud of our journey, um, where we came from, where we are, and where we're going to go. Um, so I would just say be proud of who you are regardless. You don't need anyone's approval. You need your own approval, and that's it. Um, and just be proud of who you are. You should be. Because, I mean, I'm proud of people that live the truth of their life and, and want to are on a tough journey and want to embrace that. So I'm, I'm proud of them for that. And they should be too. Cool. Cool. <laughs> um, people are shitty point blank period. There are some shitty people in this world. Um, there are going to be days where you feel like life isn't worth it. But if you can make it to that next morning, I guarantee you that your life is worth it. I made it through to the next morning, which is why I'm wearing the shirt that I'm wearing right now. Why I made the shirt that I'm wearing right now. I'm still here with the trans symbol. Because not only am I a suicide survivor, but I'm also trans. And that's important because that's part of the reason why I did what I did in the first place. We are valid. Um, whether you're trans or not, you're valid, period. You're beautiful to somebody and you matter to somebody at the end of the day. Um, keep on going. It may not seem like there's light at the end of the tunnel right now, but there is. Um, it got better for me. It can get better for you too. Hmm. Um, it's hard to put it better than those guys just did, but I will add one aspect of it, you know, the creative side. And that is just like the power of story and just the power of one person's story. Um, that it might feel like it's just one person's story, but that one person's story is literally, you know, able to touch unknown numbers. Cause I, I, I like, I know how these guys lives has, have touched people from Mexico to Hong Kong, to Burma, to here all over this country. Um, and, and just how important that, how, how important it is to insist on telling those stories because the more you tell them, the more you're insisting that like Dom said, that we're still here and we're not going away. So the more stories there are at whatever cost, there are going to be costs. Like he said, folks are shitty, especially now, but that if you insist on, on, on telling those stories, especially your own to the best of your ability and you, the most honest you can bring that uh, you just don't know what that's capable of. I love that. I love all of that advice. I wish I would have had that advice years ago. Um, okay. Are you ready for my lightning round questions? Yes. Okay. We will go in order of the same Mason Dom T for these answers. First question is, what is your favorite swear word? <laughs> um, any variation on the F-bomb. and lately You can been, say fuck. I've said it okay. like six times since we've been on. <laughs> lately, a lot of variations, but lately it's been fuck on a stick. Uh, just, Ooh, yeah. that's a new one. 
I, I get that's about 90% of the answers, FYI, is fucks, but always a version of it. So I haven't heard fuck on a stick yet. Nice job. Thanks. Dom? Um, well, I'm heavy in the drag community, so like any variation of the word bitch is appropriate for me right now. <laughs> I love that. Okay. What about you, Tima? Mine is good old fashioned cunt, and I don't mean it in the uh, woman sense. I mean it in like the British sense, and like you know, as in our government is being run by right now. Yeah, I'm here for it. I actually reclaim that word in many ways, so I appreciate it. Good. Okay. Um, I want to know what music, uh, you know, because self care for me, music is the soundtrack of my life. I listen to a lot. Hold on. This. <laughs> Told you it would happen at least once. Okay. Uh, music is the soundtrack of my life, and it's how I get through a lot of my anxiety and mental illness. There it went. What music are you all listening to at moments when you need? when you need it, when you need to just get away? Is there any album or song or artist that you're listening to right now? I, I listen a lot to right now, um, Ani DeFranco. I've been listening mm-hmm. to a lot of her stuff right now. Mason's the biggest lesbian in the cast, just FYI. <laughs> As evidenced by his Indigo Girls t-shirt that he wears in like five yeah. scenes. <laughs> Wait, I want, can we make, let's make a time step note. This needs to be a gif and a, like a meme. We need to make this whole thing. Now that just makes me sad that Mason actually isn't here for this visual. But that is amazing. Yes. Uh, yes. I need to Well, of course, you know, the Indigo Girls, they just came out with a new album. But, you know, I... Of course, of course you too. know that there's like they're like <laughs> i mean that's just a basic but above that <laughs> above that like normalcy of listening to the indigo girls nonstop, stop ani defranco on top of that so <laughs> no words <laughs> amazing what about you dom i am still to this day obsessed with ed sheeran so every time i have any type of feeling I listen to Ed Sheeran, and no one can judge me for that. No, just remember I had how no I wasn't idea. a film. Just remember how I wasn't a film. I'm a ticking time bomb. Say something if you want to. I love Ed Sheeran. Okay. I am shocked you. right now. I'm not judging, but I am shocked. I did not know that. Really? It's because I'm a rapper. Everybody just assumes it's going to be like Snoop Dogg or some stupid <laughs> shit. No, I really appreciate like the Ed Sheerans, <laughs> Sam Smiths, and Adele's of the world. I'm sorry. You can sing wow. this. Okay. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm a thousand, as you know. Um, so I've been listening to like a lot of 40s jazz. When I'm bummed out, it just, I like 30s, 40s, you know, ragtime, whatever. Um, 40s Junction on Sirius XM. Yeah, you're 80. It's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> a thousand and a half. But um, yeah, that's, that's, you know, if I'm in the car and like you're looking at this weird zombie land that we're living in and I put the windows down and listen to that, that makes me pretty happy. Actually, I'm making fun of you, but I literally just got a record player and have been playing old standard jazz. So I act, we're both in our 40s and we're, yep, that's where we are. So, <laughs> Okay, so I want to know one influential, one or two influential people in your lives or that, like, that you don't know that is a celebrity or an influencer that has influenced you to be who you are today that is not a white, straight, cis male because they have enough attention. 
Do I go? Um, do I go first again? Or do yeah. I go first? Okay. <laughs> um, well, you know, there's like iconic people like Ellen and Gloria Steinem, who I really look up to um, for their strength and bravery and um, just speaking their truth. Um, but I feel like that's kind of tough because there are also people in my life that I know um, that are sort of like my heroes too, um, mm. throughout my life, just because of what they've been through and they've been able to sort of, um, embrace that and grow and, um, evolve from that, from the strife and struggle in their life. So I'd say, you know, that as well. So they're not necessarily famous, but they're famous to me. I think It doesn't matter. I love that. That's great. Yeah. What about you, Dom? Um, I mean, okay, this is stupid. And this is, I think, I don't know if this made it in the documentary or not, but like when it comes to famous people, it's so stupid. It's I like not, Captain America. A lot, okay. It's not stupid. And I have, I have reasons though. Like, it's not like. That is like, not stupid. It's not stupid. If I like Captain America. No, it's like, yeah. because he didn't need no superpowers. Nothing like that. He was just cool. He was all American. Like, that's how I wanted to be. So like I embodied Captain America. That's why I always wanted to be. But I like Taco Bell, so I'm never going to be Captain America. It's fine. Um, <laughs> as for like closer people to me, and like this will come as no surprise, it's my mom. It's Kathy. Um, she has literally accepted me every step of the way, has pushed me to go harder, has shown me there are no doors that are closed to you if you push them hard enough. You know, like she's always been my rock. She's always been there for me. She's never going to die because I'm going to find a way to freeze her. It's fine. But <laughs> she's, she's just awesome. Like, she's she's my absolutely everything, my pride and joy. That's my mom. Mm. I'm a mom's boy. <laughs> I love that. That's such a good answer. What about you, T? Um, I would say uh, Kate Bornstein, trans superstar, mm -hmm. um, who's been out there doing it forever. And I'm fortunate to have her be a part of my chosen family and actually she's actually anti-kate to me um mm. although a lot of folks call her anti-kate and uh we just got to put her in an episode of the blacklist actually it was her network tv debut it was fucking awesome that's so exciting um so yeah oh god i mean her 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 bravery and her insistence on taking tax that might not be popular with even her own community and and the, the heat that she takes for that for speaking her truth is I try to remember that as much as possible. <laughs> and um, I'm trying to think like Nina Simone is someone I've been thinking about a lot lately. Just, she just, I don't know when it, when it, when it feels like shit's tough or people don't give a shit about our stories or give a shit about my stories. I'm like, hey, shut up. Like I think about what she did um, and insisted on doing um, and what she gave up in order to tell those stories and not be what would have sold more or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think, I think about Nina Simone and there was one cis white male, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Although wait, isn't it, well, we don't know Captain America's cis, but I'm assuming he is. And we so don't know. Assume, don't go there. <laughs> don't assume. <laughs> okay. Um, my last question as we wrap this up is if you could, and this question was asked to me minus the food part. In an interview, and I started to sob on camera. So I want to just tell everybody. I want everybody's answers to this. 
Um, if you could have lunch with your younger self, approximately how old would you be? What would you say to them? And more importantly, what would you eat with them? Because sometimes when we're younger, we don't always have the best diets. So that's why I I have that. (laughs) You first, mate. Yeah. um, I would probably be about five. um, Definitely grilled cheese. (laughs) And I would just tell myself that you know who you are now and don't let anyone else tell you anything different. Mm. Just embrace it and be yourself and don't doubt yourself. Oh, that's sweet. Um, I think I would be a little older. Um, I didn't really start playing the boy card, quote unquote, until I was about eight. So I'd probably go back to eight-year-old me, and we would be eating, I can't remember what they're called now, Dunkaroos. Yeah. The, yeah, the little crackers with the frosting. Yes, we would. With our juice boxes. Thank you very much. Uh, Capri Sun or something like that. Chilling, probably playing soccer. And I would tell myself, you are who you think you are in your mind. Um, everyone else is crazy. You're not. Don't believe people when I tell you that you're crazy. You do not have a gender identity disorder. (laughs) And one day you're going to be one handsome ass man. Yes. All of this. (laughs) I love that. What about you T? Oh man. I have to top those guys. Um, I guess I'm going to go a little older. I'm going to go to 18 and I would definitely be having like a Thai Penang curry tofu. So fancy. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, you can get that for five bucks in these village. Um, <laughs> and I would, I think I would, it's a version of what, what they, these guys shared, but it, it's more about like, just go and do it. And anything that I was, that I thought I was quote waiting for um, now or 10 years in the future, it just wouldn't, it didn't matter. Time is like that. And um, yeah, I feel like there's a, there's a, some wasted years that I probably didn't need to, wait for anything and, and just go, just do it. I love that. Well, I want to thank all of you for being here. It's, I, I'm going to see T again and tomorrow, but it's, I think that it's, um, it's really important. And I, I think that this movie, I've sent it to so many people and, and told so many people. And I think that it has some longevity and we need to get it out there. And I'm just so honored to have it be part of pride. Um, T, if you could tell us where we could find the movie and where we can find you and then Dom, let us know where we can find you on the internet. And more importantly, that shirt too. And uh, Mason, where we can find you on social media as well. We'll start with T though. Okay, cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you so much for actually giving time to the film because I too think that it has a tale that that goes. And um, as far as folks seeing it, um, it's on Amazon. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. You can watch it on iTunes. Um, if you're an educational person or you are, or for educational purposes or you're affiliated with the university, if you check Frameline, um, that's our edu- educational distributor. So if you want to set up screenings at your institution or organization, you can get it for way less there. Um, and if you check out manmadedoc.com, 
Um, and also our Instagram's man-made doc, all the information you need there. There's links for streaming, there's links for buying, there's links for probably more than needs to be there. Um, although we have to add Dom shirts, we do have man-made um, doc shirts that are official and dope and soft and you're welcome to order them there and show your pride that way. Thank that. you so much. Yeah. Dom? So I'm not as cool as that guy, but <laughs> um, yeah. So if you guys want to find me, like I know you heard that I do some music or whatever. Um, you can find me on YouTube. My rap name is Lil One, L-I-L-O-N-E. Um, most of the time, if you type FTM before that is usually when you find me. So FTM Lil One. Um, if you want to order a shirt, I have this shirt. I also have shirts that say this is my life on them, which is a song that I have shameless plugging right now. <laughs> um, I've got and then I've got black shirts with red prints on them that say self-made just like on my knuckles. Um, if you want any of those things, you can follow me on Instagram and that is FTM Dom Giovan. So D O M G I O V O N. Uh, just shoot me a message on there. Let me know that you're interested in some shirts. I'll send you the pictures of all the shirts and then you can rock this stuff. Make sure you buy a man-made shirt also. And if you haven't checked out the documentary, yeah. definitely check that out. Thank you. Amazing. And Mason, last but very not least. Um, well, first, thank you for having all us on and just giving us a voice and a platform. I think that's wonderful and amazing and I'm really grateful and um, Dom and T, I love you guys. It was nice hearing your voices. And <laughs> Dang, <laughs> I just we love miss you guys you. so much. Um, you can find me. I'm on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Just my name, Mason Caminiti. It's C-A-M-I-N-I-T-I. And uh, just a lot of bodybuilding stuff and trans stuff on there. And I'll include all the links in the in the details. But for now, take care of yourselves in this quarantine. Make sure you take some time for yourselves and be kind to yourselves. And Thank you again so much for being here and taking the time. Really appreciate it. Take care. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks for joining us for this conversation as part of our Face to Faces series. We hope you'll join and support the Faces of Fortitude community on Instagram at Faces of Fortitude, on Facebook at Faces of Fortitude Portraits, and on Twitter as myself, Mary Angela Abeo. If you'd like to become a face in the project or join me in conversation on the podcast, or maybe you have an idea for a topic we should explore or a person we should interview, please contact us at booking at facesoffortitude.com. And until next time, please have extra patience and kindness for yourself and others.